0: Blog Talk Radio Everybody get up
1: Friday night here on Off The Chain, I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and two of my guests have called in, uh, the And I Thought ladies, Winona and Jade, I'm waiting on my friend Sherry Rensler and Garrett Palminster, because we're going to talk tonight about all things poetry, but before that, I just want to say thank you for all the, the prayers and thoughts and... and words of encouragement that all of y'all have given me since my husband has been terribly, terribly, seriously ill. And because we were off the air for so long, I thought, yeah, people will forget about us. They they won't know when I come back on. We'll lose listenership. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, this thing went crazy while I was off the air. This morning, we reached, just on the show... By itself, we reached 111,653 listeners. That that doesn't include all the podcasts. I didn't get those numbers today, but in over 100 countries. So your continued support is just absolutely mind-boggling to me, and I appreciate it so much. There's two ways you can get on the show. One is to appear on the show as a guest, and another is to become a, a what I call a corporate sponsor You become part of the family And either way If you want to be a sponsor Send me your ad at, To off the chain radio at yahoo.com I'm not in it to make money I am in it to pass it forward Because people have been so kind to me Over the years And have helped me in ways That I could never pay back So I like to pay it forward And, and help people get heard out there and when we're heard in over a hundred countries on iTunes and YouTube and Fm dot com and iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio and, Tune and Podcast dot com and Podcast Garden and Spreaker and SoundCloud and MixCloud and God knows how many more podcasts out there, it's exposure for you. And if you want to be a guest on the show, send me your bio, your headshot, your book covers, your music to off the chain radio at yahoo dot com, and I'll get you on the show. But two of the sponsors of the show is the And I Thought Ladies, and they are on the show tonight because we're going to talk all things poetry. They have a new book out, and they are also a finalist for the Poet of the Year award. So we're going to talk to them about that. But before we get started. I want to play their ad because it is absolutely hysterical.
2: Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and the Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com or just to see what your ladies are up to. You can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So, peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> so silly. silly. You silly. Remember, you that? That's funny. <laughs> Remember to visit us at andwethought.com.
1: And then we have two more corporate sponsors that have been absolutely magnificent. Uh, CC Chamberlain has a podcast called Inside Your Life with CC, which is a motivational, passionate conversation. CeCe interviews people who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast. She strives to give you hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. So download, subscribe, and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams and for you you to live your best life. This wonderful show is available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. And another wonderful, wonderful human being, Diane Moat, who is an author, why she believes in me, I don't know, because like I said, I've been off the air for a month, but she, all of my guests and my sponsors, I, i I'm so honored that they have stuck with me And I appreciate them so much Diane Moat has a new book out And it goes something like this Sometimes you see something No, that is the wrong one This, The second book that is out Whenever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark Whenever the system fails to protect an animal She'll be there And she isn't giving up anytime soon So you've been warned when Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilanteism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world as she unknowingly circles his. As they chase each other, will Sam put those she loves most in harm's way in order to bust up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever leave. Buy Diane Mode's latest book in the Sam Holden series, Dogfight, on Kindle today. And if you haven't read how it all started, Begin the Journey with Dog Gone by Diane Mode also on Kindle. These wonderful, wonderful people have been with me for a while, and I appreciate them also very, very much. And I have two other ads, but I will be playing them later on in the show. I want to get started on the show. Mother other guests haven't called again yet, but we are going to get started with Winona and Jade, the and I thought ladies, welcome ladies, thank y'all for calling in. Oh, thank you for
2: having us, how we, how we, having us build, Bogard
1: your show, that was awesome,
2: thank you. That's so awesome. Ugh. Well, Jade cannot talk tonight.
1: <laughs> See, I can't either, but then that's, that's par for me, by this time at night, my tongue gets twisted, my brain gets mushy, and my eyes get crossed. And having <laughs> to deal with Jack right now, it's a wonder I'm even half sane. So we'll just go with the flow. <laughs> so Absolutely. tell me. We do that all tell, the time. Let's, exactly. Tell me a little bit about the new book that's out.
2: The new book is actually Jade's idea. This is Well by the way. Hi everyone. Um, because you heard Jade before. Yes, so bottling uh, It's <laughs> Actually about that <laughs> actually. And that's exactly what the new book is about. It's Mystic Guide, the Sassy Sassy's sassy way that leaves crooked footprints. And I'm gonna let Jade talk about the book that she thought of and invented and edited and all that I I did edit. You didn't it. edit all of it, but put it in order. It was awesome. Okay, so the book is about Have you ever seen this lady that's walking down the street, and she has on these designer clothes, and she has, like, everything is perfect. Her hair is even perfect. Not even a strand is out of place. And you're thinking to yourself, man, if I had it all together like her, I could rule the world. And then you you look down, and her footprints are crooked, meaning that we think she has it all together together. But really she doesn't and the only reason her hair is in place is because she sprayed the wrong hairspray on there and she can't unget it you can't get it down. And the designer clothes are from last night and she she's just holding her head high because she's just saying to herself, If I just hold my head high with pride, maybe nobody will recognize how really crazy I feel or look.
1: I like that concept because most of us live that kind of life.
2: Exactly. Yep. We absolutely We wear do a mask
1: all the time, and and even our family sometimes is not allowed in. And people look at us, and their perception of us is one thing, and they go on that perception as fact, and they don't understand that what is beneath is beneath the surface. Is like a duck swimming in a pond. We look calm, cool, and collected, but underneath we're, we're paddling like hell. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: And then people also always talk to us about, oh, you're a success, you're a success, you're doing so great. And we were like, if you saw the crazy waves and you look behind us and all the crooked prints that are behind us and the ways that we went all big bags, you wouldn't be like, you're a success. You'd be like, it's
1: a miracle you held it together this long. Amen, because there are days that I wonder, am I really going to do a show tonight on top of everything else that I've done today? Am I really going to go back in the studio and talk to people and pretend that my life is screwed on straight when some days I feel like my life has fallen apart? And then the the other self says, of course you are, bitch. You're stronger than (laughs) (laughs) me. I think that's so, I like are. that idea of as long as she holds her head high, the perception that she's got it all together, because people are blind to things they do not see.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, yeah, very true. And they're putting their judgments surface. So, as long as but, she's surfaced together, she's like, all right, no one's going to know. I just got to hold it on together, because... On the surface, I look together. No one's really going to delve deep unless it's are like, a really good friend or family. So you can fool the I world
1: was, for a but, while. But the sad part, girls, is, and, and I hope you all don't mind me calling you all girls. I'm from the South. Everybody's girls. We don't call anybody lady or woman. Everybody's girls because I don't think we ever really grow up. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. But the, the sad part is when we... We do that to ourselves, and, and we give ourselves that perception, and we believe the lie until the facade starts cracking. Exactly.
2: Exactly. That is the exact point. Like, we can keep it together. As long as we keep it together, no one will know. But when we finally do melt, we break down. It's not like that quiet breakdown. It's that sobbing in a corner breakdown. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like everyone, everyone hears the crack. Everyone hears the crack. Because it's not—it's not yeah. it's never, it like a beast that gets older and older. You you see the small cracks and you see where it's starting to wear out. And then one day that last bump comes along and the whole thing is gone.
1: Yeah, because the fault line happens and it just the fault line happens and it just all falls off into the ocean of the, vo- the voided ocean of nowhere.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, but this is us like celebrating that we don't have it together, and people thinking that we do.
3: We're like in uh, well, the
2: celebration uh, of it. We're like we're fooling everyone. They think we have it
3: together. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, a saying,
1: I have a saying around here. I said, you know, I finally got my shit together, and it got too heavy to carry, and then I forgot where I put it. So it, it really wasn't that important. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> so let's talk about. We're going to drop it off at the lost and found just to get away from it yep. for a moment. <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about being a finalist for Poet of the Year. How did y'all do that?
2: We got nominated, and it's the Indie Author Legacy Award. So we are the finalist for Poets of the Year 2018. So thank you now, guys for voting for us. Yes, absolutely. The first so place. You, and the award people, thank you for that.
1: You did a – you wrote a book of poetry, right? Yes. All of our books are books of poetry. Have poetry yeah, in have them. poetry in them. Interesting. I like that. Because we just listen to blurred lines and I'm i I'm sitting here thinking songs are nothing but poetry put to music.
2: Absolutely. And so, absolutely,
1: if we go all the way back to the beginning, I was looking up the history of poetry, and the the first known book of poetry was the um Epic of Gilgamesh, but even before that, you had Proverbs and the Song of Solomon and the Psalms. those were all poetry. Yes, and they told, and they told stories, and this is what people don't understand. Poetry tells a story.
2: It absolutely does tell a story. It it's very interesting. We were just talking to a poet, for lawyer today, and he was talking about how poetry tells stories and how actually there's a resurgent of a resurgent. I to name check myself. That once, <laughs> thou loving poetry now, they're going to poetry slams because it's telling people stories, it's telling the human experience and sometimes it's painful and sometimes it's absolutely funny, like we have some poetry that is just we have loving a single dad's kids in one of our books and it's all about this, this woman that is trying to get it, that is trying to love the single dad's kids because they think the dad is amazing and the kids are monsters and he's, he's trying to tell her to lighten up. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't. They're putting stuff in my hair. They're being absolutely mean to me. What's going on? I can't do it. And and then we have, that's what I'll say, exactly what I'll say. We're talking about a toy that if I run into my ex, what I'll say. That's, and so you get all these things together, like I'm going to say this, and I'm going to walk files, I'm going to do all this. That's what I'll say, and exactly what I'll say. And then she runs into him and says none of it.
1: In fact, because
4: she just runs away. It, it,
1: because it all escapes her.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> but we've all had that moment, and you know, you're like, "Yes, I'm going to say, you know, you're better, I'm better off without you. You've been the best thing that ever happened. Look at me now." And then when you see that person, it's just you're like, "Oh my goodness, I don't know what to say." Exactly.
1: Well, I grew up reading. Edgar Allan Poe and wow it, it, that is my all time favorite author poet big and and I started reading him at a very early age in fact, the first horror movie I was twelve years old, and the first horror movie I went to see was the House of Usher wow and Ooh. that 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 sold me on Poe It had Vincent Price in it And and it it just The way he The the way the movie brought the book The story to life Was just phenomenal So I got hooked And my favorite all time poem Was The Raven And it wasn't until I got grown And read about The origin of the raven, now you know that Poe was married to his cousin and he loved her dearly, he loved her with all of his heart and she was sick and she was dying and he wrote the raven asking himself how am I going to grieve, what am I going to feel like what is what is what emotions are going to play through my mind and then when she died and he wrote Annabelle Lee that was him that was him grieving after she died so both of those poems are the opposite side of the same coin we ask ourselves these burning questions of what if how am i going to do and then when when things actually happen it's nothing like that
3: I
2: think it reminds me of a lyric
1: one that said, it's like
2: the, the things that never oh, happen. Right. It's the things that happen on a random Tuesday that are going to blow your mind. Because uh-huh. we spend a lot of time thinking about what if, what if, what if. And another person at, at, a, at a lecture said, uh, thinking what if and being anxious about what could happen is like shoveling smoke for a cold day you know, it's not going to last. But dealing right. with what happens, when it happens, well, then that's a better way of handling it. And I think poetry is probably the rawest, minus possibly like song lyrics, the rawest way to just write it down and get those emotions on paper. And, and out a little bit. And out. And then share your pain with other people. And sometimes, especially if you're a writer and you're especially if you're a poet, you're able to say things that other people just thought or wish they could say, and express it in a way that just like, yes, yeah, that 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 right there, that's that emotion that I felt. So I think it's really important as poets, especially with people like Edgar Allan Poe, showing us the way. Because we're from Maryland, so you know we had to read all of his poetry. Exactly. Yes,
1: <laughs> you are exactly right because all of his poetry tells a different part of his life. And and if one reads his poetry, poet, poetry. see, there I go, the, the tongue's twisted. All of his poetry, when you read it, you can tell exactly where he was in life. And, and that is the same, if you go back and read the Psalms or you go back and read Proverbs, you can see where the writers were at that stage in their life and the direction they were going and the things that they could offer us. Another poem that comes to mind that I I just absolutely, my mother, God love her, used to quote it to me, and it's called If by Rudyard Kipling. And when you sit down and you read that poem and you think about what he's saying, and you look within yourself, you learn how to be a better person. Yes, absolutely. And I agree to your fact about
2: the Psalms and the Proverbs and and all these other ones, you can feel the emotion behind them or the wisdom behind it. And and Robert Kipling, same thing. And that's why I think that poetry is so important because it is speaking, again, as I said, to the human experience. Be it funny, be it horrible, be it just a random voice, it's speaking to basically your feelings, your emotions.
1: And it's I know condensed.
2: when I write, I, I write from an emotional space.
1: And and, and what, what one does is one puts all of those emotions and feelings in, into a condensed version of a story so that you don't have 320 pages, and but you still have a beginning, a middle, and a conclusion but it stays with you even though you might not think it does the snippets of that poem i was sitting i was thinking today when my father died my mother I, I did his eulogy and my mother said i want you to read this poem and it's called how do i love you let me count the ways well that was a poem i had to learn in school mm-hmm. and I, I and and as i'm reading this poem at my father's funeral I almost didn't have to read the poem because it came unbidden to my tongue, and it's an old, yeah. old, old poem, and it, it talks about true love. Um, then the Ancient Mariner. I don't know if y'all ever read that one, but that one scared the daylights out of me because oh. it, it's a poem. Yeah, it, it's a poem about this this old. Mariner who's in the middle of the ocean And his his ship Has been shipwrecked And he's in this boat And he's going water water everywhere And not a drop to drink Water water everywhere yeah. And all the soul did shrink And what he's saying is I'm surrounded by all this water But I don't dare drink it Because it's salt water and it will kill me So as I sit here and I die of thirst My soul is shrinking
3: Yeah, yeah, that's our life.
2: Oh, oh. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, that was, wow. I think I have read that. You know, I just read so much in general. <laughs> I read a lot. All I do, I read so much. You know, I forget about things, and to the point of you and talking about poetry. That's why we did a lot of our books, the Anti Thought series, in poetry because it kind of sticks in the back of your mind. Uh-huh. And you will pull it up when the situation comes. Going back to the to ancient mariner, that. our
1: our life is like an ocean, and and we have things all around us, but we don't partake of those things because a either we're afraid to, or b they will harm us, or c we don't want to take that step outside of ourselves. So. In the interim, our soul shrinks because we live in fear.
2: Oh, Yeah, I mean, you know, I have read that and I hadn't thought of it that deeply. So I'm glad that you're saying this. So now I'm going to go back tonight and definitely read it and rethink (laughs) about that. And it's true, because if you are out here um, chasing money or not spending time with the ones that you love, you're definitely not feeding yourself energy. You're not feeding yourself love. You're not you're not doing that, and you you are gonna shrink on the inside. You're not gonna feel anything. And you're not
1: you, yeah because you can't. Wh- no man is an island. No matter how much so we true. try to be. No man is an island. And um, going back to my mother, God love her. Another one of her favorite poems was the house by the side of the road. And one of the lines in the in the in the poem is, "Let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man." And that the whole gist of the poem is this: man lives on this house by the side of the road, and he watches life going to and fro, and he watches people going to and fro, and he sits and he talks, and, and they chat, and he learns things, and he grows, and they grow, and all he wants to do and be remembered for is living on this house by the side of the road and being a friend to man. Now. If we all did that, think of the change that we would make within ourselves and within others.
2: We would absolutely make changes. And it's very interesting because the more you talk to people, I always say this, the more you talk to people, you recognize that you're sharing this thing called the human experience. Be they the, yes. a rich person or a poor person or different races, it doesn't matter. We are all things. We are all we all have loved ones that have died. We all have good moments. We all have bad moments. And I think that we, as a society and as people, we think we're so far apart. But if you sit down and you talk to someone and you really have interest, then you'll get to, to recognize that as a, that's actually how we came up with our book title and I thought I did my journey alone because there's so many women out here that think that they, have, they are the only ones these things have happened to. And we happen to speak with all of them. A lot of them, and we're recognizing this is the same story just told in a different way in a different voice and from a different woman, the same story over and over, or this happened or that happened, and so we saw it you know we thought it was only us, or they thought it was only them, but it was us too.
1: We all have a journey, and
3: Absolutely. we
1: all need someone to walk if not the entire journey at least part of the journey no they're not going to feel our feeling because it's our feelings however when two people are walking the same path and have had similar experiences they can feed off of each other share those experiences and they can help heal each other and that's what poetry does poetry is healing
2: I agree. I think poetry is unification. I think literature in general. This is well known, by the way. Unific, uh, literature in general is kind of like when you pick up a book it's borrowing someone's life for a little while. I know I just posted it on Facebook. I'm sorry, but we're gonna say, we're say it gonna again.
1: Say it. again. Say it, say it again.
3: <laughs>
1: it's borrowing someone's life for a while just to see what it's
3: yes. like. I mean, oh, you're never
1: gonna take the I, shoes on I and think wash I think Sherry's joined us. Hold on. Yay, Hello, my Gary, friend. Hi. How are Hello, you? Hello.
5: It's Garrett. How y'all doing?
1: Fine, Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Uh, hi, Garrett. Are Winona and Jed are, are here. Hold on. Hi, we're gonna go to We're going to go to commercial break right quick. We'll be right back.
3: Have you ever wanted to leave the city and have a totally new life in the country? What would happen if you did? If you want to come west without getting your boots muddy, join me, wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn, and my family on our true-life adventure on a Montana mountain with our new neighbors, cougars, bears, wolves, and even moose.
0: Moose!
3: These stories and more are in my book, Go West, Young Woman, available online and in bookstores. Order a personalized signed copy just for you through QuinnWildlifeArt.com.
0: Former Boston PD Captain Stanford Carter and his wife, forensic scientist Jill Seacrest, have decided to move to the Big Apple to accept positions with the New York branch of the FBI. Rookie agent Shania Rose completes the trinity as they collide head-on with raging and rampant social, political, and economic unrest amid a string of murders that seem unrelated and may be serial, copycat, thrill, or Greed-driven, as they struggle to understand the mind and thought process of the orchestrators, killers and victims, the team begins to wonder in who? there the line between black and white superior and subordinate right and wrong and good and evil disappears as they are forced to reevaluate their own thoughts feelings and philosophies ultimately every character must come to their own conclusions to these questions is justice ever more important than the law is playing god justifiable if it's for the greater good of all come along for the ride to see if agent carter will decide to stick to Being a hunter or become judge, jury, and executioner instead? Find the answers to these questions when you read the new book, The Killing Collective. The Killing Collective is a character-driven story with big characters with depth. They're soul-searching in addition to the biggest case of the agent's careers. The Killing Collective, available on Amazon in both Kindle and Paperback editions. Order your copy today.
1: The gang's all here We are back This is Yvonne Mason with Off The Chain We have the And I Thought ladies Winona and Jade Garrett Palmminster has joined us And my sweet loving friend Sherry Rinsler, Author has joined us And we are talking about poetry Hi guys How are y'all
4: Hey <laughs> I'm so sorry to be late
1: That's okay If you can't get here on time Just get here when you can it's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we call yeah, it this off the <laughs> good. <laughs> this is
4: one of the things you just don't want to miss because you know you're going to miss something good.
1: Oh, and 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 Winona and Jace, t- catch Garrett and and Cherry up and tell them what we've been talking about. Well, we've been talking about poetry, and she brought up
2: Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, would okay. you gonna take that one? Oh, piece? I'm sorry, Winona. People Edgar Allan Poe. Okay, Jade, you can have the other one. <laughs> um, wow, now you made me laugh. And you talked <laughs> about songs and proverbs. And we were talking about how poetry is basically reflective of the human experience. Be it funny or depressing. You know, either one. Oh, life in general.
1: <laughs> we talked about the ancient Mariner. We've talked about um, Rudyard Kipling. So... What we talked about, uh, reading literature in general to fall into someone else's life for a moment. So (laughs) Sherry has got, ladies and gentlemen, Sherry has three poetry books out. The Book of Now, which is absolutely amazing. She has Ah. out By Light Betrayed and Paper Bones and Poetry of the Vampires. And... If you haven't read her work, no, y'all can't go now. You've got to wait. You just wait. You can't go. You're going to miss something. So, Sherry, why do you write yes, poetry? Yes,
4: ma'am. Why do you write poetry? Uh, I think poetry? I think poetry is the way for me to um, dive deep and in a hurry to the issues that matter most. Um, for me, poetry, poetry writes me. It's not something I say, okay, I'm going to sit down and write poetry. It's something that just happens. It it just kind of flows out of me when uh, things are happening around me or things are happening to me. And poetry is like this self-expression. You know, poetry has been used for like 6,000 years to express the social consciousness. And, and for me, poetry is just how I view the world in the moment. It's like taking pictures with words.
1: And, Garrett, would you agree that the songs, Are just, it's poetry that is put to music. It becomes lyrical whether you use a harp or a ten-piece band or a whole symphony.
5: Oh, I would. I I would say, you know, um, I think for, uh, you know, Sherry hit it on the head, poetry has been speaking the human truth for, you know, thousands of years. And I think poetry uh, for... Early, in early literature was used almost in lieu of music because it was its own rhythm. And the things that make poetry endure are the tone and rhythm that's written in the words. It, it actually, uh, in, in, in contrast to popular literature, um, which is long-format storytelling, uh, a poem is uh, something that, it does it in a short period. It's like a song. It does it in a short way, a short form storytelling, but it also um, gives us a rhythm and a, and a feeling. If anybody's ever heard the great speeches of the day, they're nothing short of poetry because they move us with just the way that they're delivered. And poetry poetry's I think, always done that. And whether it be in epic poetry, if you are a fan of the the great classics, the Iliad, um or or the odyssey um or or later poetry, you all know from my previous appearances on the show, I happen my favorite poet happens to be Tennyson. so um I you know, poetry has always spoken to us in in, in a musical way. modern music um is sort of grasping at those roots with every new song that comes out and and in actuality, most modern music the lyrics of a song harken back to previous poems. There are, there are many a rock ballad that starts out to tell us about the face that launched uh, a, a thousand ships, which is, you know, nothing short of the Iliad. So, you know, we keep, we, we, we recycle our, our, our stories um, so that we can tell them generation after generation and the poem and the limerick and, and the lyric are the, the most common and the oldest of our storytelling formats, and it's it's a wonderful thing to behold, and it's a great thing to see each new generation tell that human story in their poetry and in their music um, and with their rhyme and meter and rhythm.
4: And oh, Gary has and well, on that the be- oh, right?
3: on the head. Oh, Gary, this is oh. <laughs> Gary has that on the
4: head because a long time ago, the the history of a tribe was told by the shaman. And the only way you could tell it to children was to make it rhyme. And it sort of had a, a rhythm and a flow so that they could remember it because you know how kids are, they love rhymes. And if, if something rhymes and even sings songs, which is like the beginning of a song, then kids can remember it. They can pass it on to their kids and so on. So the great histories of a tribe or, or a clan Began in the oral telling that rhymed and eventually then turned into songs and then later epics. And so it, it all begins with the words. It
3: does. You know, it does. It does. And
1: Jade, I'm going to tell y'all something. Sherry just crawled right into my head and just pulled out the words <laughs> that I was going to direct to y'all to comment on. That is frightening. Don't
2: worry about it. This is Winona. Winona has something to comment on all the time, and believe me, when I when someone who's uh either been interviewed a lot or is a journalist, they always do that. Yes, they, they climb into your head. They yeah. always do. You're like, wait, that was <laughs> my question. I wanted to say, uh, <laughs> on Garrett's thing, um, uh, that poetry has been in the end, both stories. Poetry has been around for a long time. Sherry, I apologize. I am so sorry. You, people you butchered- I mm-hmm. butcher people's names. I your everyone. Including my own. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was going to say, if poetry has been around for a long time. Recently, I was just asked about being a poet laureate for this area. And I had to research what a laureate was because, uh, oh. yeah, I didn't know what that Same. was. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I was, I was surprised because the Greeks found the poet to be someone that you would crown with laurels. And that's where the the beginning of the word laureate came from. That's right. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I was like, a poem and poetry has that much power where you would consider the person that wrote it someone deserving of a crown is amazing. Because, I mean, we talk about how our our poets today, that's like nothing. So it was was astonishing to me. Well, in the early – And then you recognize that that's how our history was passed down. And I'm going to let someone else talk now.
5: (laughs) And, and early, in our, early in our history, those poets, those early poet laureates were the great philosophers of our time. They were passing not only the stories and our histories down to us, but they were climbing inside of our heads, and they were passing down the human experience um, in a way that could be easily understood by the masses, but they were dealing with the, the much higher concepts, concepts that we still deal with every day today – from human interactions to war to how we interact with nature and the proverbial gods. So,
4: Well, think back are, all these... the way to Euripides and Ovid and Plato. They all started out as poets.
5: That's right. That's right. And so the, you know, poetry has been our way of passing down not just our history but our wisdom. And um and there's a very a very fine line, but there is a, a huge distinction between the two because our wisdom speaks to our hearts and our minds about how we interact as human beings and poetry has always done that. Everything from the sonnet to the epic poem uh tells us a story about not just where we come from, but who we are as a human being. And it's a it's a wonderful thing. Poetry has always been uh, it, it is the song of humanity.
4: Well, it's the social consciousness. It was always used to identify the human condition. Think about the basic haiku. We all like to experiment with haiku because it sounds like it would be very easy to do three lines, 17 syllables, no big deal, right? But to write a haiku you have to step outside yourself and become part of nature and understand how it relates to the turning of time and the human condition and not actually write about it as a human but to write about it as something bigger and greater than yourself and The Japanese and the Chinese and the Asian community as a whole they developed that into a very fine art with the with the tankas and the and the haikus and it became kind of a, a mesmerizing development of Understand this, and you understand yourself, which is what a lot of their religions was were based on, um, and what a lot of the um, shoguns based their philosophy of li- living and being. They based that on the poetic philosophies of Tao and and the Confucius and everything. So, once you begin to delve into poetry, you begin to step into another world that is clear and succinct and graceful and. And is is so much more elegant than even the rappers today. Oral oral poetry is a world of of, of its own. It
5: is. I think uh, I, you you mentioned you mentioned haiku, Sherry, and and you know for all those out there on the internet listening to internet radio right now, uh, haiku was Twitter for millennia. <laughs> uh, it was it forced it forced you to think about what you had to say. Um, one of my favorite. Uh, pieces of literature uh, is 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 the epic uh, Gulliver's travels. And I'm always reminded uh, the haiku always reminds me of the uh, toward the end of Gulliver's travels, he visits the Winnu. And he says, when each time the Winnu come upon each other, they have a long pause before they speak. and And Gulliver found that that forced him to stop and consider his words before he he opened his mouth. and the the ancient Eastern uh, poets have been doing this. For millennia, they have been stopping and considering each word, each line, and how it flows before passing on a thought or an idea. And that's one of the things that poetry forces a writer to do, much more so than the long form writing that we can all do, where you sit down and you just start, you know, a stream of consciousness of ideas and storytelling. With poetry, you have to stop and consider, and you have to consider. <laughs> where you're bringing your readers, and, and the message that you truly want to send. And it's it's a wonderful way to, you know, pass down the, the, the human condition. Exactly. This
2: is Winona. I quickly wanted to say that I find it humorous, like, in my mind. Because, like, when you were, like, the long story, I've always had the hardest problem writing long stories. I was a poet before I became a novelist. And ah, so, me like, too. I'm, yeah, was, like, my first thing was published at 10, and it was a poem. And me, the me too. with a poem, so I was like, okay. So when it comes to novels, I'm like, oh my goodness, this takes forever. It takes me like weeks to do novels, or and some poems takes me a week to do a book. But um, I wanted to also say that whole thing about the haiku. I I feel like I should not be in y'all's presence because I have never written a haiku before that was worthwhile. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are amazing, so I I, I humbly bow to that wonderfulness.
5: Well, you know, so you, uh, you know, you hit on a great thing, uh, ladies, because um, poetry is often how many people start their writing careers. How many people start writing? It's how I started writing myself. I started writing uh, when I was very young. My very first published uh, anything were poems. Um, uh, I published in in three different anthologies um, in my teens, um, and joined the uh, International Poetry Society in my early twenties. But it's not because it was e- easier or, or less difficult. It's because I think poetry exercises a different discipline than the long-form writing. Long-form writing exercises patience. You have to, you have, to have patience because you have to take the time to tell your long story. Poetry exercises um, your, your mind and your heart in a different way because it forces you to choose your words um, very carefully. And so it's it's two different disciplines.
4: I I had to disagree with you on one thing, though. I don't think that you need patience for the long form. If you're going to write a novel, you get to play and expose and attack and withdraw. You don't really have to have patience because you can exercise that uh, any way you want to, build it up any way you want to, but with a poem – you only have a a short amount of time, and you have to have the patience to see clearly from the beginning to the end all in one breath and let the words come to you and show you the way. Where a book, we say as writers, yeah the characters tell me which way they want to go, but you really don't, it's not the same kind of patience. If there is patience in writing a novel, which for me it's just not. (laughs) But for a poem, I have to let it I have to be patient and let it breathe and, and tell me clearly. Shortly. Well, when, I
5: say pa- when I say patience it's, it's more about your, your patience with yourself. Because, ah. again, story, a storyteller tells a story. You have a story inside of you and you're going to tell it. But um, it, it, War and Peace took 10 years. Every night when you go to sleep, in order to go to sleep for 10 years, you have to have patience. You have to know that tomorrow you're going to be able to do the same thing. Patience mm-hmm. and discipline. Are the long story's friends, whereas uh, carefulness and um, deliberation are the poet's friends because Amen. you have to you have to deliberate each word each line of a poem so that it delivers the same impact as the chapter in a novel, whereas with a novel you have to exercise that self-discipline of, you know, write. uh, a friend of mine says, you know, write 15 minutes a day if you don't do anything else, because at least that way you're, you know, exercising those muscles. And so they're two different sets of skills. um, And, and, you know, one may come easier to one writer than the other does. Um, You know, many people have a lot, uh, think it's a lot easier to sit and deliberate the poetry and many other people think it's a lot easier to just kind of, bang away at the keys until you have a novel. In truth, it's just exercising different muscles. And, and the really, you know, writers who do both, like yourself, Sherry, and the ladies, um, and, and, and Yvonne, um, you know that exercising both sets of muscles, It's um, someone once told me a long time ago um, that these different disciplines that we use are like the shoes on your feet. You can get a lot further with both than you can with just one.
1: And that is true, because oh I have goodness. found myself, for for no apparent reason, out of the blue, when when I don't think that my mind is engaged in anything but going catatonic, a poem, and I'm not a poet by nature, but a poem will pop out, and I have to write it down, because if I don't, it won't shut up. And, and I don't okay. write yes, it I don't write poetry that often I never have Because I'm a storyteller And it's it's They're not long It's it's very short It's very succinct But it has to go down And I may never publish it But it has to go down on paper And I hate when that happens don't want to make it <laughs> <Don't> a story
3: <laughs>
1: don't,
2: don't hate it And it's really funny Because today we were interviewing her lady, and she, she's actually one of the. What, why, why are the words leaving me? Anyway, she writes memoirs, and she is the person that you go to for memoirs if you want to write one. She, she is the person. And today, she said that a lot of people that do memoirs are not Christian they, they do perhapsing. But so when she said the word perhapsing poems just popped in my head and I'm like I'm in the middle of doing an interview. I can't write you down and the thing with me all day and Wilona had to hear me talk about it all day. Like we have to write about happened. So This is how it goes and she was like "Would you just
4: write it down already. <laughs> That's great. I, I think the it. best advice I ever got. Out there on the internet we
5: just we just invented the, the hashtag writer's life. <laughs>
4: there you there go. You go. Yeah, there it is. I think the best advice I ever got when I was studying poetry was from my English teacher who said, the best advice that I can give you if you want to write poetry is learn to stand still. And Ooh. I've always been a very patient person, but and so I thought that's what she meant. But I came to discover in my early 20s what she meant, and she meant a literal stand still. Wherever you are, stop, breathe. Don't think, just breathe. Let the universe kind of flow around you and through you and be you and you be it. And it sort of is clearing, you breathe, you you don't think, you just let everything kind of flow. And that's when the words come in. And she told me that, and I have lived with that my whole life. In fact, that one of my poems I wrote was about standing still, and and I and I believe that is the true mark of a poet. They know more than anyone else how to stand still.
1: That makes perfect sense to me.
4: Absolutely. that's why I love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it,
5: is. It, it again, like I said, it, it when you when you are forced to st- stop. Literally, as, as Sherry said, stand still. When you're forced to stop and consider and deliberate, that moment is a perfect moment of calm and peace. Um, and and the, I think the natural music that comes from that are words. And, and the right words move nations. And, you know, it is... Um, the, the modern poet today, we, we you mentioned earlier musicians. Um, you know, there's another modern poet out there in the world today. And those are the, the great speech writers. Yep. because the, because the idea of moving moving a nation, moving a city, moving a state, um, moving moving a local congregation at your local church. Um, these are the poets of today, the spoken word poets, because these are the people who rally us to our humanity. For good or bad, um, and they do it with the power of rhythm and words, um, and and knowing how to deliver a, a phrase or a word in a way that is universal, because from dialect to dialect, accent to accent, region to region, country to country, um, words have different meanings, and when you can take uh, when you can take a simple alliteration. And it speaks to everyone that hears it um, you've you've accomplished something, and to do that, as Sherry said, you have to be still, you have to stop uh, and be one of the things my children grew up in this house hearing me say over and over and over again is that they should each take the time to be deliberate
4: mm-hmm.
5: move and move deliberately with purpose mm-hmm. with. Whether it be to comb your hair or if you're not doing anything to just be still and, and,
1: and, with, you and know, with that and with that thought, uh, when the, y'all we're gonna run out of time. We are down to the last three minutes. Winona and Jade throw in your thoughts on this
2: I oh this is Winona, and quickly, I just wanted to say I. I've always grown up in a life that is very hurried. In fact, I've always done three things at once, and one of the things had to be writing poetry and having a book on the side. So I always wrote my poetry quickly and then moved on to the next moment. And so to me, it, I love the idea of being still. And I have to be completely still for a novel, but for poetry, it's like boom, 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 boom. That's I'm 64 in a hour. week. If I, can, if I can't knock out 60 in a week, then I'm not going to write it. But that's the way her hmm. mind works, so that's another thing. <laughs> uh, Come on, uh, And I agree. Sometimes you do have to be still, and sometimes things just come to you. Let's just be honest. Like I was listening to what happened today, and I have to I have to write that poem because I have to stop talking about it before Winona asks me.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, y'all, this hour I don't know where it went. It it flew by. We've got to do this again, guys. We. Poetry is making a comeback, and I think that we need to do this again and talk about because we just scratched the surface tonight. My guests tonight were the And I Thought Ladies, Winona and Jade, my great and wonderful friend Garrett Palminster with Hanging with the Web Show, and my lovely, lovely sister in the writing world, author Sherry Rensler. And, yes, you can get all of their works because Garrett does have books out on Amazon. Sherry has books out Yeah, and the Andy and I Thought Ladies have books out, so no, y'all can't go in a minute. Will y'all come back and let's do this again?
4: I would love to, and this one I might be actually on time for. Yeah, us too. Uh, Us too.
5: uh, Wow, it's a wonderful
1: Friday. (laughs) Well, it it happens. We're not going to fret over the small stuff. Y'all are here. That's all that matters. So remember what I, thank y'all so much. Don't hang up when, when the show goes dark. But what I want to say, ladies and gentlemen, and I say this, this at the end of every show. People will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They will forget what you're wearing, but they will never, ever, ever forget how you made them feel. And my prayer is that I have made each one of you all tonight, Feel like you're the most special people in the room Because you are And that my guest Our guest feels special Because this is your show ladies and gentlemen It is not my show Y'all are the ones that have made this show successful Y'all are the ones That have held this show Together even when I wasn't having A show Like I said as of this morning Our ratings just on this show is 111,653 Listeners just a show. So tomorrow night join me at eight o'clock Eastern Daylight Time when I interview author Tony Knighton. And with that in mind, I say thank you to the and I thought ladies Winona and Jade, who are an absolute hoot. Garrett Palminster, who is just one of the greatest guys I've ever had the opportunity to call friend. And a sister in the writing world, Sherry Rentsler, who says she's not Southern, but yes, she is. Don't let her fool you. <laughs> Until tomorrow night at eight o'clock Eastern. This is Yvonne Mason with Off the Chain saying good night. Okay, so we'll do this again and and continue this. I think poetry is very very important, and I want all of y'all to pick a poem to read, and we'll we'll discuss it. Maybe we'll run the show for an hour and a half next time.
4: Awesome. I'm awesome. game whenever you are, darling.
1: Okay. What about you, Mr. Garrett?
4: I will be here. No problem. You got it. Okay. I mean, April is National Poetry Month, so anything you can do, we will do, and we'll do it together.
5: Okay. I have. By we the way, Jerry, even... I have just I have just finished the book of Now. Absolutely fantastic stuff in there.
1: Isn't it oh, great? thank you
4: very much. And I've my
1: copy. I have my copy here somewhere. It's in the process of being found. And I've got to get Winona and Jade's book because they, was it today y'all? Knocked, no, the new book they've got out. It talks about a woman who's got, who looks like she's got her act completely together and she's walking around with her head held high until you look at her feet.
4: Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I said. Some
2: of the fine odds subtitles in there <laughs> It's talking about um, the first one says she's walking in with her head held high, full of size and her shoe is broken on the, on a broken heel. So <laughs> we talk about how how like sometimes you you look like you're bumbling through life and you're you're like, oh no You're like, oh she got it all together. And you look down and she's kinda limping because the shoe heel is broken on her stiletto.
1: All in perception, and as and and the, the thought was, as long as she held her head high, that nobody would 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 see that her hair was in place because she used the wrong hairspray, and that the the high style clothes she was in were day old clothes that she probably had slept in, and as long as she walked, even if she walked with her limp because the heel was broken, nobody noticed it because she carried herself like she had it all together.
4: Perceptions, yeah.
1: Yep, perception. So I'm going to get off from here, and I'm going to add, Winona and Jade, I'm going to add y'all's uh, stuff to the the prog- to the to thing on the thing of the show. <laughs> See, I can't. The thing
4: of the thing. All righty. Hey. <laughs> <Where's> that?
1: <laughs> I get it.
4: I love
1: you, woman,
2: all the time.
1: We love you. Oh. oh, God. This is my life. You know, I never know Absolutely. from one minute to the next what my life's going to be like. I just go with the flow. It's like I told Jack. I was telling the girls before we started, Jack's not going to get much better. I mean, we are on the backside of this journey. So when we were in the hospital and the doctor told us that he's only got 33% of his heart working and he's in stage 3 kidney failure, he he decided to have a pity party. He said, what are we going to do? I said, well, you, we're going to do this one of two ways. We're going to do this the stupid way or we're going to do it my way it's your choice i don't care i said now you have your pity party and and you get over it because i'm not going down that void with you i'm going to be right here because yesterday's gone we can't go back and grab what we've already had the future is uncertain i'm not going to live in the future because i'm not there yet all I've got is right now, and I'm not going to waste what i got right now worrying about what I already did and worry about what I might not have. So you have your pity party, and then you get over it.
4: <laughs> you sound I like think everybody's mother, entitled to a pity like party once mother. in a while. It's made for good drinking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my, mom, my mom would say the exact same thing. She would be like, you can be on the floor. You can be like, this is horrible, and be on the floor. And then 15 minutes, get up. Dust yourself off and figure a way
1: out of this. Exactly, I and mean, we. Right. This is this is the cards we're dealt. Now we can either play this hand or we can fold it and go home. And I am too Ooh. damn stubborn and too damn southern to fold it and go home.
4: Or you can just wait <laughs> for the new deal. That's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and and on top of that, I am too strong to fold. I'll I'll bluff my way to the end of the card game. There, and you then win the pot. there you go. I win the whole pot. So let me get off from here. Get this, um, get get this synopsis thingy reworked, and then I'll put the links up and tag all of y'all. And then tomorrow I'll put it up all over God's creation. Y'all know we're on iHeartRadio now, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome. wonderful. That. Yes. Hey, and listen, so, everybody.
4: I'm really sorry to be late, especially you, Yvonne. That just I just couldn't be helped, and I'm really sorry. But
3: I, I
0: was
4: stop. like, I was, I was like, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry, we, we we we
5: just got we just got on about two minutes, like less than two minutes before you did. It was just that kind of day today. Oh, so,
1: geez. Look, Well, and, you guys, and, and when those, life happens now, the day out. and I carried it, 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 it. Things happen. We don't yes. worry about the small stuff. Y'all made it, and even if you hadn't made it, it'd been all right because I know that. That sometimes things happen and it wasn't something you could help. So, all is well in our world.
2: Oh, love ya. you. And know, You guys yeah. just know that life happens to us all. So oh, yeah. Just know that life it, happens to yeah. us all, and some at times, you just would be like, you know what, the tire blew, and the car, and the radiator went up. And my friend, my friend was coming to pick me up, and then life happened to them, and then yeah, so some things are just like that.
1: We don't sweat. There you we go. Well, yeah, we don't sweat the small stuff on this on this show. Remember, that's why we call it off the chain. We just drop back and bud.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let Y'all me know to.
1: when you want to go again, okay? All right, my darling friends, I love you all so much, and you all so special in my life. And I could not have made this journey this far without any of you.
5: Well, we all we love you too, and We're glad
4: to be Absolutely. here for you. Yes, ma'am. I'm just glad you're back, lady. <laughs>
2: Mason. Ms. Mason,
4: <laughs> yes, Ms. Ma'am.
2: Ma'am, I wish you and your husband a good night's sleep.
1: Thank you, my darling. And I will talk to y'all later.
2: Okay. All right. Bye. Guys have a great weekend. Bye.
1: Bye. <laughs> Bye.